This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport. Adoption and rescue are my oxygen. So to be given this opportunity to have this show, to have this forum, and to interview some of the most amazing people in the country who are doing so much to help animals in need is truly a gift to me. If you know anything about me, I am the proud pet parent to six rescues. One of my rescues, my beloved Ruby, my little doxy with a whole lot of moxie, I lost her in March. And for those of us who have lost an animal, you know it is truly heartbreaking. A piece of your heart goes with them. I dedicated my first show to her. And I always say I'm the proud pet parent to Six Rescues because she will always be with me. We have the most amazing show today. I am so excited to have on the legendary newsman. He has been doing this job for 46 years in New York City. And Chuck Scarborough will be with us today, along with his beautiful wife, Ellen. And what some people may not know, besides being the quintessential newsman, is that Chuck and Ellen are the most devoted animal lovers. They have two dogs and a cat in between Chuck's incredibly busy schedule and Ellen's busy life. They have devoted so much of their time to saving animals to working with shelters, working with rescue groups. So we are going to talk to him today, not only about his illustrious career, but about his amazing ability to really take care of these animals and use his fame and his name to make a difference. I will also be joined today with my dear friend, the Broadway renowned trainer, the one and only Bill Berloni. And we will be calling this section of the show, the Jill and Bill section. And I'm so excited to be with him because he is not only an incredible trainer, but he has taken all of these rescue dogs and made them superstars. And today we're going to discuss how the pandemic has affected rescue animals. And, you know, it's very interesting because while most of us are feeling so frightened and we never know what the news, what the day is going to bring us for animals in need, it's actually been a positive time. So many of these rescue animals that never had a chance of getting out, people were coming in droves to go into these shelters and rescue them and foster them. And many ended up adopting them, which to us is all we can ask for. That's the best gift in the world. But there is now another side to this story. And Bill and I will discuss that today. So cuddle up with your wonderful pets, sit back, get comfortable, and get ready for another great show. The planet. You've landed at the Pet Entertainment Center of the Universe. Alert the paparazzi. This is Pet Life Radio, the ultimate animal adventure. Let's talk pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport, and now one of my favorite parts of the show. Jill and Bill. My regular, my go-to man. This is the Jill and Bill section. You heard him last week. 
This is the wonderful Bill Berloni. He is truly incredible. Not only is he a humanitarian, an unbelievable animal behaviorist, but he is the Broadway trainer to the stars, the four-legged stars I'm talking about. And what makes that job so special and Bill so unusual is these four-legged stars didn't start out on the road to stardom. He actually finds these amazing animals in the most dire situations. They are rescue animals, shelter animals. He takes them from the cages and puts them on Broadway and in movies, in TV commercials, and he has changed their lives forever. And when I think of Bill and what he's done, it just makes me so happy to say that he's not only a wonderful friend, but he is making such a difference in the world of rescue. And we go back a long way, don't we, Bill? We sure do. We sure do. Well, oh, I love it. That's one of your rescue pets in the background, huh? That's our macaw, yes. And he thinks he uh, is a better radio personality or TV personality than I am. So he may I don't want to get you upset. I kind of liked his voice a little bit better. <laughs> okay. So if he interjects from now and then, at least our listeners will understand that you are surrounded by your menagerie of animals. Tell us a little bit about how many animals you have literally right around you. Okay. Well, like you, all our pets live in the house, except for the farm animals and the horses. But currently we have 25 dogs in the house, two wow. cats, a macaw, and a dwarf bunny. See, and he, see, he, he, he wants, the macaw wants top billing. Uh, I think he I wants love a it. Well, Bill, what's so amazing and what people don't know, you literally, when you find these animals, you save them, obviously, mm -hmm. but all the training happens right in your humble abode, right where you're sitting, all around your property, correct? Correct. You know, once we adopt them and make them healthy, we begin the training process slowly so that they learn to trust humans again and learn how to be good actors. And once they're connected to us, then we start bringing them different places and showing them the world isn't as bad as they thought it was. And ultimately, they end up on a stage where it's just, they're surrounded by people who love them and are encouraging them. So that's just a process of taking, you know, animals who have been thrown away and giving them a great quality of life. A second chance at a the new, most amazing life. And we talked about last week, some of the superstars that right. you've discovered. And it never ceases to amaze me how these animals, where they came from and where they ended up, all because of your training. And we've worked together a lot. I don't want to take credit, but I kind of discovered you and put you on the national map. Mm -hmm. And I was so blown away when I came to your house and I saw your training mechanisms. And for someone like me who has all these wonderful dogs, rescue dogs, I'm not what you would consider the best trainer. I let them get away with a few things I probably mm -hmm. shouldn't, as you've witnessed firsthand. Mm -hmm. How do you do it, Bill? You take animals that have really come from the most dire, frightening situations. Not only do you train them, they are loving and receptive to the training. How do you do it? It's very simple, Jill. I treat everyone with respect, people, nature, and animals. And when you treat someone with respect, you're interested to know what they're feeling, what they like, what their problems may be, what their <laughs> strengths are. And, you know, I take those and I reaffirm their trust in people. And once you do that, once you make a friend, you'll go to any lengths. Look at us. I would do anything for you. You know, so once I've taken a rescue animal and show them how much I love them, they're willing to like, okay, well, let's start learning and doing things. I mean, it's as simple as that. 
it's one thing to take an animal who came from a really scared situation and could come with a little bit of baggage, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. It's one thing to train them, to make them, you know, just suitable mm -hmm. in a household where they're not eating the sofa out of anxiety. But right. it's another to take them, train them and put them in the public eye, make them stars. That is a whole other level. And you are the only one doing that. You have mastered that. You have become such a legend in your own right. The Broadway community adores you. They love you. And everyone, when I mention your name, their immediate smile comes over their face because people cannot believe what you've been able to accomplish with these animals in need. And that's why we're a good team, because you do it in the bigger media. You bring the message of rescue to everyone. Ever since I've known you, you've been passionate about it. So, so yeah, I feel gifted to be able to be able to do that. I mean, what a life. What a life I have to be surrounded by these creatures. You know, and even when they retire, they teach us things. They don't just become entertainers, but we also give them a forever home until their time is up. And I have a bulldog. He's, his name is Romeo. I adopted him from the Associated Humane Society in downtown Newark. He was a junkyard dog that was confiscated by the police, right? He was dirty. His eyes were swollen shut. And I was looking for a dog for Legally Blonde, the musical. And I went to Newark and saw him and he was in such pain. But when I petted him, he, he sort of looked up at me and said, thank you. And that's why I called him Romeo because he just loves everybody. Had a great career. He retired about a year ago and the damage to his eyes have made him completely blind now. Oh. In the last week, he's completely blind. But you know what? doesn't feel sorry for himself. He's no, he still... tells everybody he's legally blind now, right? right, right. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that, oh, you're going to get depressed. You're going to, no. He's like, I'm okay. Where's life? Just show me where the food is. How do I go outside? Exactly, you know. Bill. I've always said that. You know, all animals, all these wonderful creatures want is love. They mm -hmm. want food. They don't want to be in pain and they're happy. I have a dog right now that's battling cancer and you would never know it. His tail wags when he sees me. He can't wait to eat that food. He gives me his kisses because they just want to be loved and comforted. And as long as they're not in pain, they're happy. And isn't it an amazing lesson that we can learn from our animals? They, they mm -hmm. teach us so much because they don't care how they look, how much money somebody has, or where somebody lives, or what their job is in society. They just want unconditional love, and they want to give it back. Exactly. Our animals give us, they're our best teachers, right, Bill? Exactly. I tell people they have to listen to their dog, because they're talking all the time. And people will go, no, he's just sitting there looking at me. I'm like, yes, he's telling you something. He's looking at you with love. He's looking at you with, I'm hungry. I mean, he's talking to you, and we have to learn to listen to each other, listen to our animals. And what about with what's going on now with the pandemic? For us humans, it's been the most frightening thing we've ever experienced in our lives. And yet there was a bright light at the end of the tunnel for animals in need. We had mm -hmm. record number of fostering. Hopefully those will turn into adoptions. Mm -hmm. This was amazing news. It made news every night. This was a huge story. They were showing shelters with people applauding. That was the first time ever in the history of that shelter where the cages were empty. Right. But Bill, there is another side to this story now. What's going to happen now that the country is opening up again? People will be going back to work that literally they were staying home with that rescue animal, that foster animal 24 seven, all of a sudden they're going to start leaving, spending more time apart. And let's be honest, people have lost their jobs. What about paying for these animals? 
you know, when they get sick, how is all of this going to affect these animals? What is the other side of the story? Well, the other side of the story is that it's, again, a great social experiment that we don't know how it's going to end up. You know, the fact that people had to stop and recognize I'm missing something in my life and I'm going to adopt a pet. How wonderful, you know, that it took a pandemic to stop people to think about that. But again, it's a huge responsibility. You and I know that. And I'm hoping that when people do go back to work, it won't have just been a thing that comforted me through the pandemic, that they realize the love that they have. But there are two things that are going I believe are going to happen. And it worries me. Our pets think the pandemic is heaven. Right. All of a sudden, we're all together all the time. That's all they want. <laughs> but I'm worried. And I counsel this. And I want our listeners to, to listen to this. During the pandemic, leave your dog alone twice a day, completely alone in another part of your house for an hour each day. Otherwise, we're going to have a nation of dogs with separation anxiety. They think this is a new honeymoon, you know? But when right. the honeymoon's over, I don't want them to be shocked into the new reality. So number one, start preparing your dogs to be alone for when life goes back to the new normal. Does that you apply know? to cats too? No. Cats are like, get the heck out of here. Go back to work. <laughs> right? Right. You know, you're, you're ruining my nap here. You're here sitting on the couch. But Bill, um, aren't you worried there's an influx of returns? This is the most frightening thing for me to think about because I think so many people, they're lonely, they're scared, like you said. And they, while it was a wonderful thing, it kind of, you know, was for the, of the moment. And when they realize the commitment, mm -hmm. not only emotionally, but financially, are you concerned at all that this could reverse? I don't want to go there. I like to think optimistically. I'd like to think that, you know, our adoption agencies really checked the people out and that it wasn't an impulse adoption. You know, I, I want to trust our agencies care more about the animals than they are about clearing the shelters, getting them into good homes. Right. So I'm hoping there'll probably be a small percentage, but I'm hoping it's not the same number that we started with. That would be very, very sad. And I have to say, the only positive thing about this pandemic was the effect it had on animals in need. Right. It really is incredible that yeah. so many people reached out. I said at the beginning of the show, I had friends call me and say, can you help me? I have been calling every shelter. They're telling me I'm on a wait list. They're telling me I, there's no dogs or cats left. This is unbelievable. Can you help me? And I said, no, you know, you got to go through the shelter system. They're doing their due diligence and yeah, I can't too. pull any strings, you know? So it really is the most unbelievable time for rescue and adoption. And all we can hope for is that these animals will get under their skin and become part of their family like ours have. And I could never even imagine my life not being surrounded by all my fur angels. And with or without issues, who cares? I love them. We're not perfect. I've got my own issues. And unfortunately, I'm not a wonderful trainer like you to teach them how to overcome certain things, but it's okay. I love them the way they are. You know, people always say to me, your dogs are so well-trained, they're stars. And my response is, are you happy with your dog? Is your dog happy? Because then he's the star of your home. Your animals don't need to be trained anymore. They're happy, you know, and, and people put these high expectations, you know. But to me, if a dog is happy in its home, that's the best training people can do. Well, that is a wonderful note to end on, Bill. And again, so happy to have you back with me. And you will be here every week for our wonderful Jill and Bill segment. And such a pleasure, such a joy. I can't wait to hear what you're up to next week, what animals you're working with, what projects you're working on. You're truly amazing. You really put the H in humanitarian. 
and I am proud to be your friend, and I'm thrilled to have you on the show with me. Well, and I'm proud to be on the Rappaport team, that's for sure. Oh, thanks so much, Bill. And give that macaw some extra treats today. (laughs) (laughs) He needs it. He was the most vocal in the whole show. I know. Opinionated for sure. I love it. All right. Thanks so much, Bill. And we'll talk to you next week. Coming up, legendary newsman, Chuck Scarborough. Want to know who the latest trendsetters are in Hollywood? How about Irish setters? Find out who's been spotted with Spot, chowing with their chow, and shopping for Gucci with their Poochie. Get the scoop on all the latest celebrity pet patter right here. Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Rappaport to the Rescue. I'm Jill Rappaport, and I am so thrilled, I'm so excited to have my dear friends, Chuck and Ellen Scarborough, and one of their fur children, Phoebe. Look at Phoebe. She's a superstar. She's unreliable here. She may not make it through the interview for the next couple of minutes. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, for those of you who can't see this, she is just cuddling up to them, and she is so adorable. And everybody knows you, Chuck. You are such a TV legend. Last year, you celebrated 45 unbelievable years in the business. And I love what you said at your celebration that NBC had signed you to another 45 years. That was a hell of a negotiation, huh? (laughs) It was. It was uh, actually probably even better than the one Gabe Pressman had, which was a lifetime employment contract. Yeah, that's what you got to go for in this business, right? And here you've just literally finished your 46th year. Your anniversary is in March. And Uh it's so amazing to me because you have covered Every story, every type of story, happy, sad, but we all know we have never lived through anything quite like this. And it must be so incredible for you as the premier quintessential newsman to be witnessing what we're going through now. Well, it is. Uh, and and I, I have to say that it is, in a sense, a bit reminiscent of 9-11, which was the, the biggest story of all time for us, you know, particularly in New York City. But but this is sort of 9-11 in slow motion. You know, 9-11, the disaster happened explosively in a single day and killed 3,000 Americans, basically. And of course, we were allowed to recover the dead and to mourn and to have proper funerals and things. This is, has stretched out uh, now for months and the casualties keep piling up and uh, we've, we've covered so many terribly tragic stories of people who, who were dying alone and lonely in, in the hospital, family not allowed to be near them in their final moments, not even the comfort of a, of a, of a hand being held. And, and so it, this is a different dimension of a slow motion tragedy happening to us, eviscerating the economy, costing hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people their jobs. Hopefully we're going to come out of it quickly. We will come out of it. We always do. We always bounce back. I mean, you and I have been through a number of these uh, crises in New York City and in the nation uh, where it looked awfully dark and the future looked grim, thinking of the bankruptcy of New York in 1975 and uh, the various market crashes that have had people talking about the end of New York and the end of the world. But the fact is that we come back. We're resilient and uh, we're working our way through this. We're reopening slowly here across the nation. We are racing to develop vaccines and treatments. And the stuff I read about that is quite promising. So I think that you're going to see a rebound and hopefully it'll be fairly soon. Well, and there has been one bright light in this horrible time that we're living through. And that is what has happened for rescue animals. We are seeing a record number of fosters, adoptions, 
There are shelters across the country for the first time in their history are showing empty cages. And what many people might not know about you and your beautiful wife, Ellen, that you are huge animal advocates. You have done so much for animals in need. You work with ARF. You work with the Wildlife Rescue Fund in the Hamptons. And what do you feel about that? It really is incredible that during this pandemic, rescue animals have really gotten a second chance in a new life. Sure. Well, Ellen, you were just talking uh, talking to the, the folks at, at ARF. Yes, the director at ARF, uh, Scott Howe, he said that by mid-March, all the puppies were gone. And <sighs> a few weeks later, they had all the adult dogs out in foster. And then it gave them a great amount of time to spend with the animals that have so, you know, some issues where they're shy or they have food guarding issues and they've had wonderful success and they've gotten animals out of there that have been there six months or a year that you know they wouldn't have had this opportunity to just spend so much time with them. I do worry because those of us, our animals are our children, they're our lives. But you know firsthand, it's a huge responsibility, not only emotionally, but financially with so many people out of work They've taken in these animals for comfort, for love during a very frightening time. What happens if they are fortunate enough to go back to work and all of a sudden the animal that has been with that person 24-7, they're not there anymore. You're dealing with separation issues. What about people who all of a sudden end up with vet bills that are out of work and don't go back to work? How do they deal with that? I worry that we can see a reverse here. There are two great new programs that ARP has just started. They're do, they have a food bank for, the, for animals that they're delivering on a regular basis now to the area, people who can't afford to pay for the dog food. And also they have a foundation who's offered to do uh, free vaccines for area dogs. And so that also gives them a little uh, physical before they get a vaccine. So there's all these opportunities for people who maybe can't quite make it happen. Yes, so that we can ensure that they'll stay in their homes. We have this phenomenon in the summer out in the Hamptons where people do a summer adoption. They think it's kind of cute to be out there and have a have a pet for the summer, and then they, they surrender the pet at the end of the summer. It's very right. That's deserted. Which is beyond me how anybody could possibly do that because I get attached in about a day to a, a stray animal. But we at, at NBC, we have a, you know we have a program too, and looking ahead, trying to head this off, we have a clear the shelters program that we do one day every year. And uh, it's been really successful. We have, over the last five years, we've found permanent homes for uh, nationwide, a quarter million people. Uh, people. Well, yeah, yeah, I'd like <laughs> hey, to do that. Hey, people to us. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've, we've, uh, we've found in just the tri-state area, we've uh, had adoptions uh, of 28,000 pets. So it's been a good program, but we've modified it this year because of the pandemic, because of the unusual circumstances, because of this, this rush of adoption that's emptied out a lot of shelters already, a concern that those pets are going to be coming back in. And we also want people to be able to take the time to apply properly, make appointments so they aren't exposing themselves uh, to the virus, and to make sure that, that the shelters have plenty of time to go through the proper process, the proper vetting. So instead of one day, we're doing it for a, an entire month, the month of August. We're going to have a Clear the Shelters program. And shelters can sign up to, to join. There is no requirement. We urge them not to in any way change their usual vetting of people who are adopting. And you can go to cleartheshelters.com if you are a shelter or if you are interested in adopting. You can figure out exactly how you're going to do it. To be how wonderful to devote 30 days to yes. literally trying to not only secure animals in a home, but to open up so that people have time. You know, that one day 
as great as an initiative as it is, it's like one day, oh my goodness, I have to go there. I've got to do it today. This gives people time. That's a wonderful thing that they're doing. That is really going to be very special. I think it's going to make a huge difference this year, don't you? Yeah, very proud of my company. Oh, that's really great. And, you know, knowing you the way I do, and Chuck, I was telling a little bit in the beginning of the show when I first, you know, when I moved to New York, you were the guy, and you still are the guy. When it comes to news, there's only one place, one person to watch, and you're it. And it's amazing to me because with all of your successes and your incredible career, these animals are so important to you and to Ellen. You have devoted, really, when you're not on TV, the rest of your life to truly making a difference to these animals. I would love to know, what is it about these animals in need that tugs at your heartstrings so much? Oh, <laughs> I just I'll start crying. crying. Yeah, yeah, he, he can I do know. it. <laughs> oh no, I, that's okay, Alan. I'm crying because I know how much you two do, and it really is amazing. But well, it right. comes now, from so deep within. You know, I like in, in a co-anchor situation. I always like to give my my co-anchor a fair amount of time. <laughs> deferring to me, but I, I you know, it, for me, it started when I was about three years old, and uh, I my grandparents asked me what kind of a dog I'd like. They thought it was time for me to have a puppy, and I said a red one. And they found a cocker spaniel that looked kind of red. So it was, it was <laughs> a happy. So from that point on, from that very first dog through a, a series of dogs all all my life, I've just been nuts about about animals and, and pets and how they enrich your life and how you how much they bring. A cat too. Yeah. Well, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I've, I've, oh, your cat is. Your cat doesn't know he's a cat. Trust me. I've seen firsthand. This cat is unbelievable. He really thinks he is human. And what he does is truly amazing, right? Yeah. We've had a, we've had a couple of amazing cats. On the other side of the of, of this, this passion for the creatures with whom we share the planet that both Ellen and I share is in my business, I see a lot of the dark side. I see a lot of the things, all the cruelty. We, these are stories that pop up. And this is, is something that just breaks my heart when I see these stories. And that's part of what we do. Part of our campaign is obviously to try to stop animal cruelty, to stop the crackdown on puppy mills and, to, and, and certainly on the fighting dogs and things that are so awful to protect the animals out there from abuse. But Ellen, also the two of you, you mentioned ARF, and again, that's Animal Rescue Fund of the Hamptons. Uh, You're so involved with so many causes. It's not just about protecting the animals from abuse, but what about focusing on rescue and adoption? I mean, that is such a primary part of your lives. Well, and also uh, neutering has to be an important part of the whole process because you can never keep up with all the births. But since I was a little girl, my family always, you know, any cat that showed up at the door, probably mostly cats, other other animals, you know, they they would become a family member. And uh, my parents were both really, (laughs) see, I told you I couldn't do this. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. Of course, you're emotional. You love these animals. They're our children, right? I know. And, you know, having known Ellen and Chuck for so long and seeing them with their animals, it really is such a beautiful thing because I'll be talking to Ellen on the phone and we don't even get a sentence out where she's, oh, look at Phoebe. Look what, you know, she's like so excited talking about every animal, what they're doing. We went running today. We went on the beach today. I mean, these animals, your pets have such a beautiful life. You have given your lives to their lives. And, 
it's such a wonderful message to tell people because there's so many like your pets waiting in shelters across the country. And if people only knew the wonderful, beautiful souls that are behind those cages to just get them out and give them a chance, they would enhance their own lives so deeply. Don't you agree? Yourself a huge favor. There's no joy like seeing a cat do something silly the dogs do something silly. They're just loving, adorable, and free uh, spirits. And I can't think of anything else except for my dear husband that gives me <laughs> such joy. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, without trying to embarrass you, your hair looks very good. And from what I understand, Chuck, you played a hand in that. I understand yeah. you helped up with a little touch-up of Ellen's hair color. He well, cuts his own hair, too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm opening a shop. Mr. Charles. <laughs> I was going to say, you really are the renaissance man, aren't you? Look, I've got my studio a couple of rooms away here, and I'm turning on my own lights, my own camera, you know, printing my own copy, writing my stuff, ready for the broadcast uh, single-handedly. So what's a little hair touch-up? Huh? <laughs> Listen, when Ellen told me that, I always loved you. But after Ellen told me that you actually helped her dye her hair, I said, this is my dream man. He is truly <laughs> the ultimate, you know, quintessential newsman. Now he's a hairdresser. The animal rescuer. I mean, you are perfect, Chuck. What can I say? You are so wonderful. We didn't even talk about your wonderful antique business. You've got such a thriving business, which actually surprisingly and wonderfully is doing well right now. Well, it's all online. So I think people, you know, need to have a diversion. So they're buying things online. Decorators, it's a good way for decorators to continue with their clients. They can pick out things online and you know, there's no human contact. And, except for where, where can they emails. see our stuff, honey? Well, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Listen, shameful. We love them. Go ahead. We have three barns full of, uh, or I have three barns full of antiques here in Stamford, Connecticut that are by appointment. But every most of it's online on First Dibs and Cherish. And under what name can people find your beautiful products? Ellen Ward uh, Scarborough Antiques. Okay. Well, you know, it's so great because you're able to stay at home on your farm with your animals, have this business. Chuck's now at home broadcasting. And I have to ask you on the last question, what is it like having him around 24-7? Be honest. It's really <laughs> wonderful. We, we, you know, we, we don't have to run off to a lot of commitments. And, um, you know, we're home with the animals. This place is absolutely heaven on earth where we are in Connecticut. The, the dogs are in the water all the time, the, the stream and the river. And, and Chuck's, um, you know, he goes off to the library and does his thing for a couple of hours. And then, <laughs> really, it's Chuck, cool. that's right, really I'm, wonderful. I'm going to tell ahead. you a story about, about being here, cooped up here, uh, taking the dogs for additional cooped walks. Cooped up, he calls it. <laughs> yeah. So we have two dogs. You met Phoebe. And, and Phoebe came from a roadside in Texas as a, as a pup. Uh, she was abandoned, dropped off on a roadside with her sister. We have a, a dog from South Carolina called Emma. And I was out walking with Phoebe and heard Emma barking in the distance out here, walking along a little trail out right in that direction. And I was trying to figure out where she was. It was far off. And I realized as I was walking along the trail that it wasn't, she wasn't really far off. She was underneath me. Oh, no. Underground. She had (laughs) in after something, looking for some creature out there. And there was some burrow under a stump that she had crawled into. So I had to call her out of the hole, but it was, it was just, it was hysterical. Well, you know, people see you on TV, you're always composed. You're just so elegant, so perfect. But if they could see you with your animals, you're like a little boy in a toy shop. You really are. You get on your hands and knees. You are kissing them, cuddling them. It's a whole other side to Chuck Scarborough. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Jill, thank you for everything you do for animals too. Yes, you, you, and I have, you and I have shared some events together uh, right. from the planet of animals. I know how much you love animals and how much oh, you yes. love that. And thank you very much. Well, listen, I cannot thank you enough for being on my show. This means so much to me. I love you both. I love what you do for animals. I love what you do on the air, Chuck. And I love what a great husband you are. You know, during quarantine, a lot of people are ready to kill each other. And you two are like the quintessential perfect couple doing each other's hair. I mean, does it get better than this? <laughs> he does his and yeah, mine. I, I don't do his. Yeah, do oh, okay. Good to know. But I'm so glad that you are doing so well together. And Again, thank you so much for being here and for what you do for animals in need. And I know that they are so appreciative, but what they give back to you is the best gift of all, isn't it? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. And I want to give a deep heartfelt thanks to my wonderful guests today, Chuck and Ellen Scarborough. Of course, my partner in crime, the wonderful Broadway extraordinaire trainer, Bill Berloni. And most important, I want to thank Pet Life Radio and my dear friend, Mark Winter, for this incredible opportunity to be able to communicate and talk with you and hopefully educate you to the joys of rescue and adoption. And most important, during these very uncertain times in which we are living, please try to keep a positive attitude. See you next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.